Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Well, God bless you. Get your Bible, your electronic device. Thank you, band. Thank you, praise worship team. God bless all of you. Greet you in the name of Jesus. Open with me to Psalm 20. Psalm 20. I'm not going to be before you long. Give me, give me 45 minutes on the clock. <laughs> Amen. Give me 45 minutes on the clock. Psalms 20, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 20, verses 1, 2, and 3. Are you ready? Let's read it out loud together. Ready, begin. The Lord, hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Selah. Father, help us today enter into this word in this moment. Do in this place and those that are watching only what you can do. Be glorified as you increase yourself in us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to minister from this passage of Scripture and others a message entitled, How to Manage Trouble. How to Manage Trouble. How to Handle Trouble. How do you handle trouble? How are you handling things? in your life. How do we handle trouble? This song of David should not surprise us because those of us that read the Bible know that David was a psalmist. He was a songwriter. He was a worshiper. It's been said that David wrote some 4,000 songs. 73 or so of the 150 songs in the Bible. David was a prolific song writer because David was a worshiper. <laughs> Have you ever been around, grew up, or maybe you were or are, one of those kind of people that just walk around the house worshiping God? You, maybe you don't even know it. It's kind of subconscious, but you're constantly worshiping God. Here in Psalm 20, David asked the Lord to hear him in the day of trouble. How many of you would like to know for sure that God hears you when you're in trouble? How many will be honest with me and slip your hand up just a little bit and say, sometimes I don't think you hear me when I'm in trouble? Amen. Amen. That's good. That's good. That's good. See, David, as our example here in this lesson this morning, asked the Lord to hear him in the day of trouble. Now, if you know anything again about the Bible, you know David's name means beloved. He was beloved of God. 
God replaced Saul with David because God loved David's heart. Because David had a heart and a mind after God's own heart. So David knew God loved him. But like some of us that slipped our hand up slightly, even though you know God loves you sometimes, some trouble can hit you to make you wonder, is God anywhere in your life? And it appears this is where David is today because he sings this song and he worships and he prays and he says, Lord, hear me in the day of trouble. I'm going through something right now. I need to know you hear me. I'm going to say that again. David said, I'm going through something right now. I need to know that you hear me, God. I'm going to try it one more time. David said, I'm going through something right now. I need to know you hear me, God. Whatever I need to do to make sure you hear me, I'm willing to do that because I know you're the only one that can get me out of this. So Sunday, this day, I didn't come to church to punch my time clock. I didn't come to church because I didn't have anywhere else to go. I'm going through something, and I need to know that you hear me, God. So if I got to praise you by myself in the corner, if I got to lay on my face, whatever I got to do today, I need to know you hear me. Am I talking to anybody today? Well, let's expand that a little bit more because truth is, truth is, and this is important to you and to me, David, David, because of who he was, faced trouble every day. He was king of Israel. He faced trouble every day. There was trouble somewhere in David's kingdom in his family, in the palace, or even with him. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that all of us got trouble. <laughs> the simple fact that you're alive today, you got trouble. We can look dressed up, we can look sophisticated, we can look educated, we can look cute, handsome, whatever, but it will not excuse the fact you got trouble in your life. Say, I got trouble in my life. Say, I got trouble in my life. No, 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 say for real. Say for real, me. I'm talking to me. Me, you, you, I got trouble. See, because we'll come to church and pretend like we ain't got no trouble. We'll get on a nice car, put on a nice, ain't nothing wrong with me. And, and we'll come, and all this God be up in the room, and, and we act like we ain't got no trouble. So, so let's just go ahead and be real with self. Self got some trouble. Self got some issues. I got some trouble. You got some trouble. We got some trouble. It don't just come in here and act like we ain't got no trouble when the one that made everything and can solve everything is in here and we act like we ain't got no trouble. 
If this was old school church, I'd tell you to turn, look at somebody and say, you know, the altar is for you too. Yeah, the altar is for you too. See, you think the altar for other people. David had trouble. And David wasn't afraid to tell God, I got some trouble. See, this is how we manage trouble. If you're going to handle your trouble, the first thing you got to do is recognize you got some trouble. You can't manage or handle something you won't admit that you have. See, I came up again. I came up, I came up during, the, during the, the 90s, the 80s and 90s when, when the word of faith was was, was getting stronger and, and people's confession was very, very key and, and to the extreme almost where you, you dare not say anything out of your mouth that you don't want absolutely to be true. So whenever you greeted it, the belief, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You, you, you couldn't say you had no trouble. That was taboo. And, and so, so we've been conditioned to say what people want us Say, and what they want to hear. But David wrote a song. (laughs) Hundreds, if not thousands of years ago, and it's in the Bible. And the first thing he says, Lord, hear me in a day of trouble. If David could admit he got some trouble. We better admit we got trouble. Because you cannot manage what you would not acknowledge. Write that down. You cannot manage what you will not acknowledge. If this were a marriage seminar, we could have the altar full of spouses that have been married 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years because the one spouse will never admit ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. We don't need no counseling. Oh, I feel like walking now. I don't want to be with the pastor. Ain't nothing wrong with us. Woo, I feel my help. You will not acknowledge after all this time, you got some problems in your marriage. So you're not managing him well. You're not managing your marriage or your problems well because you won't acknowledge you got trouble in your marriage. Why is that so hard for you? Do you think you're perfect? Do you think you're supposed to be perfect? Where did we get that from? Because in the very first verse of Psalm 20, David said, Lord, hear me in the day of trouble. I got some trouble. I'm the king, but I ain't got it all together. What is trouble? Write this down. Trouble is disturbance. Trouble is disturbance. When you get disturbed, If your mind is troubled, there's some disturbing thoughts. 
when our body is troubled, there are some disturbing biological effects. Trouble is also stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stress, stress. Most of us today in the West, in America, in the Americas, we have learned to live with stress. Yeah, yeah we just, we, we learn to live with trouble. We, we accept certain aspects and types of trouble just go with the territory. Trouble is also adversity. Write it down. Adversity. Adversity. Something that is in constant opposition of you. Adversity. Trouble is also vexation. These are, that's a King James word. Vexation. The Bible says that Lot was vexed living near a bunch of homosexuals, LGBTQI. I'm going to deal with that for a minute here. See, here, here's, yeah, let's just talk. Can we talk for a minute? Is it right here? See, one of the things that the LGBT on and on and on community, they don't understand, is their lifestyle vexes righteous people. This may not sound real healthy, but when you really break it really, 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 really down, I don't care who you sleep with. The problem is your lifestyle vexes me. It causes me trouble. That's why I got to preach against it. That's why I have to oppose it because your lifestyle is causing trouble. See, sin causes trouble. This is why we oppose it. We don't hate you. You're just causing trouble. I got enough trouble. I'm going to go one more step. God blessed me and, and, and my wife with a son and a daughter. Neither one of them are gay. Because that would be a lot of trouble for me. I'm a pastor, man of God. That would vex me to get up here and tell you the truth. And I got somebody at home in the bed. So you need to understand then that sinners, until their minds get renewed, they're going to always cause you trouble. You didn't, you didn't really get it. I'm going to sit on this end this time. See, because a person that thinks it's okay to steal don't think there's anything wrong with it. So if there's nothing wrong with stealing, then when you get around me, I'm going to be troubled because you go steal from me because ain't nothing wrong with it. So the trouble we're having in this world originates from the mindset of people that either embrace righteousness or wickedness. So David says, hear me in the day of trouble. 
So this must be a special time where David is being excessively vexed. He is very, very disturbed. He's extremely stressed out, and he's experiencing a lot of adversity. Because he's the king. Every day is stressful. Let, let, me, let me help you. Let me help you. Hmm. Remember, 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 and some of you may not be able to uh, identify with this, but remember when you had, remember when your children were like two and three years old? Every day was stressful. You got to change this one. Where the diaper's at? This one crying. This one screaming. This one got the water running out the bathtub. This one. Trouble comes from the Latin word turbidus. Turbidus. It means muddy. Trouble muddies the water. When trouble comes, you can't see things as clearly. See, this is why the devil loves to keep you troubled. Because you won't see things clear. It muddies the water. It also means, I said this already, disturbed. And trouble means full of confusion. 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 See, see trouble comes to cause confusion. Hmm. It's also where the word turbine comes from. Turbine. Turbine is a machine that generates energy, listen now, from the disturbed atmosphere around it. The more common word today is turbo. Our cars have turbo. See, trouble comes when there is more air or more words, thoughts, and ideas in the air than your mind can handle. I'm going to say it again. We become troubled when there are more words in the atmosphere, more thoughts in our atmosphere, more ideas thrown at our minds than we can currently manage. Confusion. Too many things thrown at you. You ever been at work working on a project that's taking all your attention and time and your boss come in and throw something else on your desk and they tell you, you got to stop that and do this? All of a sudden now, all that you've been researching and working on is now crammed in your head with the new stuff and it's causing you stress confusion, adversity, it's troubling you. This is what the devil loves to do. This is why, hear me please, this is why we must understand COVID and its long-term effects. Not just what it's done physiologically or biologically to some of us, but how it has deconstructed relationships. And cause things to be thrown at you that you weren't expecting to have to deal with because you're already dealing with enough. Elder James, in his opening prayer, said prophetically that God is offering relief today. Somebody say, God is offering me relief. 
Ah, hallelujah. God is offering relief today. There are some things that have been thrown at you that you shouldn't have caught. There are some ideas that have been thrown at you you should never have adopted. There are some things that have been thrown and said to you you should never remember. Write this down. Trouble generates its own energy and creates its own atmosphere. Trouble generates its own energy The more trouble that enters our lives, it brings power to change us because trouble generates its own energy. This is another reason why you should, we should not accept trouble. Let me say it another way. We should learn how to not accept everybody's problems. Somebody's got relief right now because you've been taking everybody's problems into your mind, into your heart, into your prayer closet. You can't pray for everybody. Jesus died for everybody. Trouble generates energy. This is again, hear me, my brothers and sisters. This is why if you allow the enemy to get you into the habit of constantly taking on people's problems and trouble, all you're going to start seeing is trouble. You ain't going to see nothing good in your life. All you're going to see is trouble everywhere. Trouble at the grocery store. Trouble at Kohl's. Trouble at the train stop. Trouble. Trouble at, trouble at the gas. There's just trouble everywhere. It's just trouble. As soon as you wake up, look in the mirror, you're going to see trouble. Oh, look at that. One more gray hair. You laugh, but it's true because trouble generates energy. And you'll stay troubled and all you'll see is trouble. And then next thing you know, everybody in your life, you got a problem with them. Because everybody causing you trouble. Lift your hands right there. There's deliverance in here. There's relief in here. Everybody in your life ain't causing you trouble. Everybody in your life ain't causing you trouble. Get to the point, ain't nobody good in our life. Ain't nobody good. I just need a new, I just need to clean the slats. I need to move somewhere. I need a new friend. I need a new job. I need a new car. I, need, I even need new socks. My socks ain't even feel right on my feet. Because trouble has generated this thing in your mind where you're not happy with anybody, anywhere, even yourself. And all of a sudden now, your atmosphere is constantly, all you see is trouble. In your atmosphere, all you see is trouble. You ain't happy nowhere. Listen, 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 put your hands down. If you want to be real, ask some people that, 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 you, that you frequently go to dinner with. Ask them, do you always have problem with the food? You ain't never happy with the food. It's too hot, too cold. Ain't cooked well enough. 
Your atmosphere. You're not handling trouble right. Because you're taking it everywhere you go and releasing it. You're not handling trouble right. Trouble generates, how much time I got left? Trouble generates its own energy and creates its own atmosphere. This is why trouble must be managed and handled properly. Say these three things, I'm going to finish. We may visit it again because there's so much more. We talked about David, Psalm 20, we started there. David was king, so he had a lot of trouble. Soldier trouble, palace trouble, people trouble. He had, he had, had relationship trouble, Bathsheba. You know, he had, just had a lot of trouble. Baby trouble. The more responsibility you have, the more trouble you're going to have. If you have responsibility, you have trouble. Write that down. Just, ain't no maybe. If you have responsibility, you got trouble. If you have responsibility for anything, anybody, anywhere, you will have trouble and you must manage it or else it will manage you. You must handle it or it will handle you. So David had to learn how to manage his trouble. <laughs> so David then realized early on if I'm going to manage being king, the king of kings is going to have to help me be king. <laughs> you need to let God help you manage your trouble. Write it down in first, first person. I need to let God help me manage my trouble. Because here again, my brothers and my sisters, particularly in the year 2022, we so smart, we got so, so much technology, we can handle anything ourselves. Say, say this, say this, say this. This is prophetic. Say self. self. Quit, lying Quit lying to yourself. You can't handle all the stuff on your plate. Somebody said there's relief in here today. There's relief. There's relief. We, we were on our way to church today, this morning. And uh, uh, we pray all, as we always do. And Pastor was praying, and I was in, in agreement with her while I was driving. And then I heard the Holy Ghost say something. He said, tell the people this. He said, because see, this is where a lot of you are. You think because you got a lot of problems that you're a problem. Say it again. You think because you got a lot of problems, you're a problem. That's what the world makes you think. That's what your job, that's why you don't, <laughs> you don't tell your job all your problems. Because they're going to think you got too many problems to do the job. This is also how we start lying to ourselves. There ain't no problem. I got that. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> so Holy Ghost said, tell the people, just because you have problems, you're not a problem. Write that down. Say, I'm not a problem. I have problems that I'm learning how to manage with God's help. Your children 
are not a problem. They know how to cause a whole bunch of problems. But they're not a problem. Don't ever make your children feel like they're the problem. Problems come with having children. You're supposed to be the problem solver. That's why you be the parent. Be a problem solver. Handle your business. Mm, mm, mm. So David had problems. And who else was famous in the Bible for having a problem or multiple problems was Job. Job has some doozies. Job's problems. What time is it? I got some more time. Job's problems generated power, didn't they? Job's problem was so tough, he had his wife say, just curse God and die, dummy. His problem was so powerful, it started changing his, his wife's mind about him. You better hear what I'm saying today. Joe's problems were so powerful, it started changing the person who knew him best. Hmm, maybe. Hmm. Then got in his friends. I don't know if you really, but maybe you ain't saved as we thought you were, Joe. You better handle your problems. Because problems change people's perception of you. <sighs> problems Change people's perceptions of you. If you don't manage your problems well, if you don't manage maybe one or two particular problems that become <laughs> aware, the people become aware of, it's going to start changing how they see you. That happened to Job's wife and Job's friends. Job was an honorable man. But his problems started changing the atmosphere around him. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Job's trouble started a whirlwind of controversy around him. This is why I'm going to say this in passing because I'm, not, I'm nowhere close to being any type of an expert or anything. I don't even really look at social media like this. But I hear enough about it to know that this is why you got to be careful how you present yourself on social media. Because you'll create an atmosphere around you that leads to people perceiving you to be something that could become a problem for you. Because believe it or not, my brothers and my sisters, once you get to a certain age and have developed a certain reputation, there's certain, and you're saved too, of course, there's certain types of trouble people don't expect you to face. 
Let me go to the extreme just to make my point. I don't know anybody like this. You've been saved 40, 50 years, which means you're at least in your 60s. You shouldn't be getting tattoos on your breasts and showing it on, on the internet. See, I just messed somebody up right there because I said it. I'm glad I messed you up. Anybody, they call, they've been calling you mama in the church, mother. Now see, somebody say, I wish you, I, I could get that out of my head. I wish. Ain't nobody expecting you to be 62 years old doing that. You done messed some folk up. You've developed a reputation. People, see, you need to begin, you, you need to ask some folk how, how, how people really see you. you. You need to ask some really saved people how you're perceived because there are certain things you wouldn't do if you, if you realize how people saw you. Because some of us don't see ourselves the way other people see us. So you're causing yourself trouble because you're contradicting what most people thought you were by what you're doing. So you can't manage trouble because you keep causing yourself trouble. Because some people don't say, man, I, brother, I never saw you like that, man. I always saw you as a man of God. And, you know, bruh, you know, but you the stuff you, I've been hearing about you, bruh. David had troubles that many didn't expect him to have. <laughs> Job had some troubles people didn't expect him to have. We got seven minutes. I'm doing good. Last person who is the prime example, the prototype, Jesus. Yeshua. Hamashiach, the Messiah. <laughs> when Jesus walked the earth during his earthly ministry, people of his nationality, denomination, and religion who read the Bible or read the scriptures about him had a perception of who he was that was not accurate. It caused them all kinds of trouble. about it he's who they're looking for but their perception of him is not what he looks like so it's a problem for them and him <laughs> he says I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel but they don't want to hear what he got to say so one time he's preaching they so mad at him they ready to throw him off a cliff but Jesus learned how, Elder Jeff, to manage his trouble. He just walked between them. See, when you learn how to manage your trouble, you know when you can and cannot be hurt. You know who can and cannot silence you. You understand that this too will pass no matter what it looks like. You cannot stop. Let me just say this, relief. Somebody say relief. Say it again, say relief. 
Some of y'all fighting folk that can't kill you. Some of y'all argue with people that never understand you anyway. In other words, <laughs> in other words, you've made things and people problems that shouldn't even be a problem for you. Bow your heads right there, please. You're not the problem. Who you believe in is the problem. Shema Suta. You're not the problem. The Jesus in you is the problem. And no matter where you go and you take him with you, it's going to be a problem. The Apostle Paul said, the last days would be perilous, dangerous, troublesome times. We are living in the most troublesome time in the history of mankind. You need to understand that every day you wake up, you wake up in trouble, surrounded by trouble. And before you step out of your house, you're going to step into some trouble, regardless to whatever you do, what your vocation is, where you live. You could live in the suburbs, suburban, in a suburb, suburb. It can be the ritzy. It don't make no difference. We're living in troubled times. You need to understand the times are troubled. And because you have Jesus on the inside of you, everywhere you go, you're going to trouble somebody. You're going to bother how they believe, bother how they feel, bother what they think, bother. You. They're going to be bothered by you. But don't let what people think about you trouble you. Know that because of who you believe, eh, God, know because of who you serve, that everywhere you go, people will have a problem with you. You are not the problem. Who you have on the inside of you is the problem. Manage your Jesus. Come on, somebody. Manage your Jesus. Manage the anointing in your life. Manage the power of God in your life because there's nothing you can do when you show up, the power shows up. You're going to agitate somebody because you live holy. Everyone stand. Lift your hands, please. Say relief. 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 Some trouble isn't for you to manage. It's not for you to manage. There's nothing you can do about Jesus Christ dying on the cross. It's finished. It's a finished work. And those that you run into that have a problem with it, tell them there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. 
There's nothing I can do. Hallelujah. About Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection. It has already occurred. You can argue with me till you're blue in the face. It will not change it. Even if you could change my mind, you won't change the event. It will still be a problem for you. So I've settled it in my head and in my heart. Today, I want you to come to the altar. If you, like David says, Lord, answer me in the day of trouble. I'm facing something I've never faced before. Come on. You can come right now. I'm facing some, I'm facing some stuff I ain't never faced before in my life. I need help from the sanctuary. The sanctuary. I need help from your sanctuary. I need help from your most holy place. I, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. I need help from the most holy place. Psalm 60 verse 11 says, give us help from trouble for vain is the help of man. Give us help, oh God, because what we're going through, there's no man alive anywhere on the planet that can help me now. I need you to manage this, God. Because I'm, what I'm dealing with, no man can help me. This is where you at the altar talk to the Lord. Because I'm directing you to him. I can't help you. I'm just telling you where your help comes from. So today, you open your mouth. You pray, you cry out, you get on your knees, you get on your face. Whatever you need to do to make sure God responds to you today, today, in your hour of need. Today, because you got some problems that you need to leave this church resolved. Relief is the word. Relief is the word. Relief is the word. Get your relief this morning in the name of Jesus. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.